Welcome back to Being and Making Disciples. Great to be with you for this episode. And today we're going to be talking about what to do when everything works, or rather what to do when it seems like everything works. And I learned not to focus on just every single thing that that comes along that seems like it's bearing fruit when I was studying for my doctorate in education. And it's a great uh, I would say transplant to thinking about ministry because it's really easy to get distracted by either shiny kind of shiny new things or, oh, hey, this kind of looks like it's bearing fruit. So maybe we should do something here when in reality, I think there's um, there's a limited number of things we should spend our time doing. And that's because Jesus told us to do some things and not other things. So one of the, the best books I've ever read on education is by a researcher from New Zealand named John Hattie. And that book was, I think it's called The Visible Learning. And he makes this argument. You can point to a research study for almost every type of educational approach and intervention. And that research study will say, children learn when you do this thing. So when you give them homework, they learn. When you put them in groups, they learn. When they study independently, they learn. When they have to do some kind of inquiry method, they learn. No matter what you do with children, with very few exceptions, they learn. And my experience as a classroom teacher would kind of confirm this, that um, every teacher I would talk to would swear by one method. And I started to do the same thing because I would see fruit happening. I would see some kids learn and say, well, this is it. I know it. This works. And, and everybody should do this one thing. And I never really understood why some people didn't buy into my ideas. Of course, I didn't buy into lots of ideas that my peers had. And Hattie came up with a great way of analyzing this. And, and he said, hold up, let's not just look at what's working. Let's look at what's working the best, because we have such limited time with these young people that we really only have time to do the most effective, what's going to have the biggest impact on a child's learning. And so he used a statistical measure to rank all of those different teaching methods and interventions and just about everything you can do. And it would shock you what's average and below average that are just commonplace. And the things that are way high up at the top as the the best ways for children to learn are hardly or rarely used in the classroom. And that's a tragedy because we're losing a ton of time and a ton of ground. Now, what does this have to do with ministry? Let's transfer over to the topic of this podcast and talk about something that's really much more important to all of us. How do we effectively evangelize? What do we do with our, our precious ministry time? And I would say I think that this gives us a great example because on the surface, it seems like everything in ministry works. Anybody who's ever planned a small group or a Bible study or a day-long retreat or an evening of reflection anything can usually point to someone who got something out of it. And we like to say things like, well, we're planting seeds and uh, it was worth it if only one person got something out of it. And there's some truth to that. But I think what we're really saying is everything works. That's just another way of, of saying, well, no matter what we do, people seem to get something out of it. And I want to say this is not to shame anybody or, or denigrate our efforts, but just to say, they get something out of it because God works through us and works through them. And he's always there ready to pour out into them. So it's not just, yes, everything works. So we can do everything. Um, it's, are we doing what the Lord has asked us to do? And uh, our, our refrain for this podcast is Matthew 28. Go make disciples preaching and teaching everything that I have commanded you. And 
we really like that's our marching orders. So it's really easy to figure out what Christians should be doing. And a great question that we should ask ourselves and other people to determine if we're doing that is when's the last time that we considered inviting somebody or helping somebody become Catholic? Has it been this week, this month, this year? Because if it's been more than a year, then I think we have to ask ourselves, what is more important to us than the last thing Jesus asked us to do? It's like when your your spouse or your parent are, is going out of the house and they say right before they go, like, remember, whatever you do, do blank, you know, feed the dogs, water the plants, make, you know, like let the parakeet fly around for a little bit, something because that's what's most important to them. They really want to make sure that we don't mess that up. And Jesus did that for us. And the first apostles did exactly that. All the Christian believers went out and they just started telling people about Jesus. So that's the high effect thing. That's what's going to have the biggest impact. And I don't know why we don't do that, but I think it's probably because it's a little difficult. And I think it's it's somewhat in our nature to move towards things that are that are easier or that we can perhaps see results on a little quicker or that make us more comfortable or that perhaps are more pleasing to supervisors or, or whoever it may be. And so we just gravitate towards the things that are a little easier. So it's easier to just invite the people from the parish or invite the people you already know who are involved in their faith to do something more with their faith. But is that what the Lord asked us to do? And if I'm honest with myself, I have to say no. It's not what he asked me to do. No, there's there's a part of that. That's fellowship. So that's one, I mean, definitely a part of our relationship with the Lord. That's a part of, of what we do. But he also asked us explicitly to go out and tell other people. And that's what we have to do. So I, I think we just got to lean into the discomfort, the difficulty of that, and find where we're not as good as we would like to be at talking with people about Jesus. And this doesn't mean we have to to know how to win arguments. It means we need to be familiar enough with his story and we need to learn how to listen to people so that they're willing to allow us to share not only that story, but what that story has done for our lives and hopefully pique their interest so that they want to know more. And then we just spend time walking with them, leading them closer to Jesus. And if it doesn't work with one person, okay, we just, we, we start, we're still their friends. We still love them, but we look for the, for the next opportunity to share with somebody else. And I think that's where, that's the burden that has not been adequately picked up and carried, at least in the American church. Uh, we can see people talking about it. There's conferences about it, but it really doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of it happening. And the proof of that is in the numbers in RCIA. There's just not that many people becoming Catholic. If you look at RCIA programs across the country and the ones who are Catholic, are they becoming Catholic because someone did that with them? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're becoming Catholic more so because they're marrying into the church or maybe um, there's children whose parents uh, waited to get them baptized and waited to give them to have for have for them to receive first holy communion. So they're doing that as adults. So there's even those numbers might be a little deceiving. We might think there's more people becoming Catholic than really are. So let's lean into the difficulty of sharing about Jesus with people. Uh, and then one thing, this is just from my own reflection. Let's, I think we can avoid doing things for, uh, for the public eye, or um, we should at least be cautious of doing things for the sake of being seen. So um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this. I definitely am. Um, 
but even if we're doing things online, we need to strike the right balance between are we are we praying loudly on a street corner so that people can hear us, or are we we doing doing things in secret so that our Father who sees in secret can reward us? And it's challenging because, of course, social media is basically public. Um, so how do we do something evangelical if we're going to do it on social media in in a way that's not super public? And I think. Um, some self-assessment there is going to help us in just about every situation. If we can say with sincerity that we're doing this for the glory of God and we're not doing it because we like the extra attention, then I think we're in the right spot. Uh, but we also don't need to to only use social media to evangelize. We can find other ways. Um, I mean, it's simply like your neighbors. When's the last time you talked to your neighbors? And if you established a good enough relationship with your neighbors that they would even know that you're Catholic or know how Catholic you are, how Catholic we are. So uh, it's by way of review, um, everything works. So we can't just do the things that work and that show a little bit of fruit. We have to do the things that show the most fruit. And f the evidence of the early church indicates that talking to people about Jesus and explicitly sharing the gospel with them is one of the things that bear great fruit. And this is an issue for us because we sometimes like to take the easy road and not lean into diff to difficult stuff. Uh, and then, of course, we've got this, this tension of um, going online and doing things for the sake of being seen. So if we have to choose between uh, someone knowing that we're doing something good and someone seeing us do, or rather someone not seeing us do something good, it's better to always choose uh, somebody not seeing us do something good and still doing it. And that's right from scripture. Um, do whatever your, your left hand is doing, do not let your right hand know. So thank you so much. God bless you. And let's go make disciples.